These fans are loud. This building is electric. NCAA tournament bid on the line. The Valley on the Big 550 KTRS is brought to you by Prairie Farms Dairy. Drink local with Prairie Farms. Live, Live from the KTRS studios at Westport Plaza in St. Louis, here's Brendan Weesey. All right, here we go. It's the Valley on the Big 550 KTRS on this MLK Day. Brendan Weesey along, and we're going to talk some college hoops over the next hour. What do we have coming up? Well, how about the defending Larry Bird Trophy Player of the Year in the MVC, Tucker DeVries? We're also going to talk it over with another former Drake Bulldog, Adam Emenecker. He has done a phenomenal job on the Valley broadcast. He's going to be with us along with Debbie Antonelli from ESPN. She covers the men's game. She covers the women's game. As tuned in as anyone, an all-star cast to be sure on this MLK day and let's go ahead and rev up around the league it's a presentation of state farm a proud partner of the missouri valley conference have questions about your insurance state farm is there for your what ifs like a good neighbor state farm is there call or go to statefarm.com to get a quote today and let's start with indiana state the sycamores 14 and 3. They're 5 and 1 in the Valley at Ken Palm of 48, a net of 30, coming off a resounding 94 64 blowout of Belmont. Isaiah Swope at 24 points, all of them coming from three point range. The Sycamore is currently undefeated at home, and get this an average margin of victory in those home victories of 30 points. They are absolutely eviscerating their opponents on a nightly basis there in Terre Haute. Drake up next, they're 14-3, 5-1 in the Valley at Ken Palm of 66, a net of 64, coming off an 89-78 victory over Indiana State last week. Tucker DeVries posts his third 30-point game of the year, and he's coming up with us here a little bit later on in the show. Bradley's 12-5, 4-2 in the Valley, Ken Palm 79, net of 72, after winning six in a row, then losing five in a row, they've won six straight again after a 77-59 win at UIC. Connor Hickman, three 20-point games in his last four outings. He leads the league in conference play, shooting 51% from beyond the arc, and the team is forcing the most turnovers in Valley play. Southern Illinois, they're 12-5, 4-2 in the league, 109 Ken Palm, 101 in the net. And they're coming off a game where Drake held Xavier Johnson, real rarity, to under 20 points. The Salukis, though, they do still have the second-best three-point defense in the nation. Saluki still playing some very good ball. Belmont, 11-6, 4-2 in the Valley. 134, Ken Palm, 124 in the net. That big 30-point loss at Indiana State. Jacoby, uh, Jacoby Gillespie has missed the last three with that wrist injury. Uh, this is a team right now that gets to the free throw line more than anybody else in conference play, but they also commit the most turnovers in conference play on offense. Murray State, 7-10, 4-2 in the Valley, 146 Ken Palm, 160 in the net. Their four-game winning streak snapped at Northern Iowa, 70-60, to but Nick Ellington, has uh, been playing some very good defense. He's got five blocks and five steals over his last 
three games. Let's take a look at now UNI playing some good ball now. Nine and eight. They're three and three in the Valley. 106 Ken Palm, 109 net. The metrics are good. Seven and two over their last nine games. And that big win, 70 to 60 at Murray. Sneaky, maybe biggest win of the weekend. Uh, Bowen Bourne, Nate Heisey, what a great one-two punch they both are right now. If one is cold on a given night, the other seems to take over as Nate Heisey did yesterday. Missouri State, 10-7, and 2-4 and in the Valley, 145 Ken Palm, 142 in the net. Metrics are still okay. They're, they came off that 74-64 win against Evansville, but both of their league wins against the Purple Aces, everybody else they're struggling against. N.J. Benson in that win, though, big game, 22 points, 13 rebounds, two blocks. He's starting to realize that raw talent he has. He's been uh, very, very good as of late. Illinois State, 8-9, 2-4 in the Valley, 241 Ken Palm, 290 uh, 243 in the net. They're coming off a five-game losing streak. That loss to Valpo really hurts at home. Once upon a time, they were 6-3 and three and 2-0 and oh in the Valley. Right now, they're the worst three-point shooting team in conference play. UIC, 8-9, 1-5 in the Valley, 176 Ken Palm, 164 in the net. Coming off a 77-59 loss to Bradley. But C.J. Jones, the East St. Louis native, a big game, 25 points in the loss. Evansville, 10 and 7, 1 and 5 of the Valley, 226 Ken Palm, 193 in the net. They've lost five in a row after that 10 and 3 start. Josh Hughes, a big performance, 22 in the loss to Missouri State. He was 7 of 10 from beyond the arc, uh, is a former player on that Australia under 17 World Cup team and uh, has a real Euro game. Maybe he's starting to come into his own right now. And then Valpo, 5-12, and 1-5 and five overall, 298 Ken Palm, 286 net. Uh, inside the top 300, though, now after that 59-50 win at Illinois State, snaps the 10-game losing streak and uh, an emotional win, no question about it, as we saw at the post-game press conference here over the weekend uh, very thrilled Roger Powell uh, as he wins at a place uh, that his dad knew very well. Really cool moment and a great win for the Beacons. That is a look around the league. It is a presentation of State Farm. Call or go to statefarm.com to get a quote today. It's the Valley on the Big 550 KTRS. When we come back, we're going to take a uh, get a view from Press Row with our good friend Adam Emenecker. It's next. It's the Valley on the Big 550. Here's Cannell for three. Got it! The Valley on the Big 550 KTRS. Brought to you by State Farm. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps create an affordable price for you. And by Prairie Farms Companies, including Prairie Farms Dairy and Highland Dairy Foods. All right, it's time for our view from Press Row and uh, an opportunity for the first time on the program, I believe, to talk with uh, with Drake's own. In fact, it kind of turns into a Drake night tonight. We've got Tucker DeVries a little later, but Adam Emenecker, who you see all over Valley broadcasts, and um, again, a heck of a player there at Drake as well. Uh, Adam Emenecker, kind enough to join us here on the Big 550. Adam, it's great to have a chance to visit finally. How are you? 
Uh, Brennan, I'm doing I'm doing great. You know, we're in the throes of the valley season. Unfortunately, we're in a, the, also in the throes of about a two week stretch of negative temperatures in Des Moines. But oh. that's why it's better to be in a gym. That's why it's better to be watching basketball, something to get your mind off the Arctic freeze that uh, we tend to experience this time of year. I, I told some folks yesterday I, I'm apt to complain about the weather here in St. Louis. I mean, we were below zero <laughs> yesterday, but I think we had about a dusting of snow, maybe less than an inch. Yeah. I understand understand things are probably a little worse up in Iowa right now yeah we uh we early in the week last week we got about uh 10 to 12 inches and then late in the week we got about 10 to 12 inches so made for some precarious travel I was fortunate enough to uh get to work the game this past Saturday Bradley at UIC so get to see the Bradley Braves and them continuing their winning streak and kind of hitting on all cylinders but uh, I tell you what, driving back yesterday <laughs> to Des Moines, man, that left something to be desired. So happy to be here talking to you. Yeah, yeah, glad glad to hear that, Adam. And let's say let's start with Bradley for a second because here's a team we pick at the top of the league to start the season. What a what a strange course they've taken because they start six and zero, then they have the long losing streak. Now. Can we say they've bounced back and trending towards where we normally see them finish under yeah. Brian Wardle, which is at or near the top of the league? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I think if if you're looking at just watching them play, you watch the product on the floor, right, and don't know anything about the context of what happened throughout the course of the season, this Bradley team's as good as anybody. So Indiana State, I think, has had the best year. Drake, of course, is right there living up to their expectations. But I think Bradley might be the team that's playing the best. And and part of that is they're so good defensively and have been so good defensively against Brian Wardle, or excuse me, with Brian Wardle uh, as, as head coach now in his ninth season at Bradley. But I think the, I think what's so surprising that we've seen, man, they've had a heck of an offensive punch as well. You look at their three games prior to playing at UIC, they scored 86 and three straight. That's not normal for what we're used to out of this Bradley program. And then, of course, 77 in a 20-point, 18-point victory against UIC. But, you know, as, as I was looking through it, Brendan, one of the things that's interesting to me, with this Bradley group, you think about that five-game losing streak they had earlier in the year, and that, like, dashes their hopes for what that could mean in the future in postseason play. Well, quietly, they're up to 72nd in the net. So Drake is 64th. Bradley is 72nd, and that's a testament to this coaching staff going out and scheduling some really good games, getting good wins early against teams like Utah State and Vermont and UAB. Well, I don't know if you can if if you've got a uh, evaluation here, Adam, but uh, Connor Hickman, who goes from a you know a really nice ball player, I don't want to call him role player, but a guy that just got the job done, an important piece for Bradley. He's gone for being one of, uh, maybe we could call him a glue guy, to like legit being somebody we need to talk about his first team, All-Valley. He has scored better than 20 in three of his last four. He's the defending player of the week. He scores 22 at UIC. You were there for that. Turned the ball over just once, dished out four assists. Uh, What's gotten into this guy? So, you know, I I think we use that role player context and people think that's almost a negative thing. But isn't that like if you go back to 
development and progression of players. You expect to come in and contribute as a freshman and sophomore. And if you can earn sustainable minutes as a freshman and sophomore, that's exactly what you're hoping for out of your young guys. And then you try to make that as you switch into being an upperclassman, you try to make a jump, make a leap. Well, shoot. I mean, Connor Hickman has absolutely made a leap. And, you know, I, I think part of it is it's just – Yes, it's his ability to shoot the ball. He's improved as a facilitator. You mentioned the four assists, had five assists in the game against Evansville earlier in the week as well. But it's just his mastery of expectations. He knows where guys should be. He knows how to make himself successful and put himself in positions to succeed. He knows how to put his teammates in positions to succeed. And just this is a different Bradley group when Connor Hickman's on the floor. He just gives them a confidence on both ends. And I said it on the broadcast this weekend. I look at Connor Hickman really as the key that unlocks everything coach Brian Wardle is trying to do. And that's playing itself out. You mentioned the stats, the numbers are gaudy, but I would say his impacts probably even larger than the numbers that you see on the stat sheet. Yeah. We we talk about the six and Oh start where, well now Bradley has uh, one six in a row again, 12 and five, four and two in the MVC. Uh, Adam, you also saw Drake last week, your Bulldogs, and a game against Indiana State that certainly was one that I think everyone was looking forward to, rightfully so. We've seen a lot of blowouts in the Valley lately in these games, and and even surprisingly enough against the best teams going head-to-head. But this wasn't not what I would call a blowout, not tight at the end either, 89-78, Drake win. What, what did what did you see? What did you come away with after that game against you know, two of the better teams in the league and and uh, two of the better offensive teams really in the country when they're right? Yeah, I mean you talk about a blowout, and fortunately, I think working that game when you when you look at the final score and you see Drake wins by eleven, and you think, oh, they were in control the entire game, and in, in some ways that's kind of true. Indiana State started off really well, but with eight minutes to go. It was a one-point game. So we were looking at something like 64, 63, 66, 63, something like that. And Drake just went on a massive, massive run with three-point shooting, with a barrage of, of knockdowns from Tucker DeVries, who we've talked about a little, and you know the preseason player of the year elite, uh, this year, player of the year a year ago. You have that guy on the floor. You hope you're going to be able to close a lot of those games. But you know, I, I think back to just – well, what might be happening? Well, if you look at the game that Drake played last week prior to the Indiana State game, the prior weekend, playing against Belmont, just kind of laid an egg. So there was a little bit of extra motivation coming into the Indiana State game to avenge that loss at Belmont. Well, Indiana State, you kind of saw the same thing. Losing at Drake, and even though it was an 11-point margin, I think the game was closer than the 11 points that you saw. Well, then Indiana State exacting their revenge on Belmont. So I think what that tells me is where you get toward the top of the league, the SIUs, the Bradleys, the Belmonts, the Indiana States, the Drakes, there's not one team that is far and away better than everyone else. There's probably a top tier with Drake and Indiana State, but there's a lot of parity across those top five or so teams that anybody can win on any given night. And shoot, after being in the Valley, being involved in the Valley for 20 years, it feels like it's that way about every year. And it, and I, I don't know if we can hand the credit just to this team, but I feel like Indiana State is 
is slowly changing what we envision this league to be because of their up-tempo nature. I think Drake's been doing that sure. for a while uh, under Darren DeVries, but Indiana State takes it to a different level, and uh, it, it, forces, <laughs> it forces a team to say, okay, maybe we can't just try to scrape this out and and win it in the 60s, we might have to you know, regularly put up 70 or 80 points, and, and Bradley's been doing that right now. But what have you seen uh, Coach Josh Schertz and, and his team just kind of change certain aspects of this league with, with how they've played and what, with what Coach Schertz has brought to this team over the last few years? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a really good call-out with Indiana State. And they're averaging 86 a game. So it's yeah. not winning in the 60s. You know, they're getting in the mid-70s regardless. Almost doesn't matter what you do. And I, I do think, actually, some credit goes to Coach Alexander and Belmont. That's an offense-first team yeah, as right. well. Yep. They're usually up in that 80 points per game. And I think for Drake Coach Darren DeBreeze, as you mentioned, he, he would prefer to be up there. I think he's adjusted his style and has had some guys in the last few years that can that can play that defensive first style but back to coach shirts you know I, I think part of just his philosophy is they're going to play loose and free on the offensive end they're going to play up tempo and what i love about watching them play what really makes them so hard to stop is their unpredictability so they run a pretty base kind of five out motion offense and have facilitators in robbie avila at the five position Xavier Bledson, who comes in off the bench and plays the five. And so having those two that are two of their top three guys in assists per game, when your five men can assist like that, it allows and opens up movement for everybody else. So they don't run as many sets where you have option A and option B. They're running a just general motion and playing off one another, which means they're reacting and responding to the defense. That is so much more difficult to scout that is so much more difficult to guard, partially because you can't mimic it in practice. And so I think now that Coach Josh Schertz not only has a couple of the weapons, the guys that transferred in, the Isaiah Swopes, the Ryan Conwell, but he has some of the continuity with guys like Julian Larry, Xavier Bledson, and uh, Robbie Avila. And so when you combine that together, man, it is just it is masterful on the offensive side. And the Sycamore team is, for, for me personally – I'm a Drake grad. Of course, I always want Drake to do well. Coach Darren DeVries has done a great job in his six years, but Indiana State is as fun to watch as any team in the league. Our time is short here, Adam. One team that we always expect to cause havoc come March Madness is Northern Iowa, and they were 3-7 and seven back on December 9th. They lost at Toledo. A lot of their losses have been very tight. Uh, they lost at Evansville in overtime, uh, uh, back in early December, but they've suddenly won six of seven. And yeah. we talk about a lot of these emphatic home blowouts like uh, Indiana State beating Belmont by 30 on Saturday. But Northern Iowa, they go to Murray and they win on Sunday 70 to 60. That's not maybe the game that catches everybody's eye this weekend, but for me, I think it says a lot about where you and I is at at the moment to where they can go on the road and beat one of the better offenses in the league in Murray. Absolutely. And if you remember back a couple of years ago, so first and foremost, if you think you're going to count out a Ben Jacobson coach team, then uh, you haven't been around this league very long because even even going back a couple of years, right? Even when Northern Iowa doesn't have their best non-conference, anytime you get into MVC play, 
they are an absolute bear yep. to play against because they scout so well, because they're so well-schooled, and because they're going to play games in the 60s, right, that's going to make you grind it out. They're going to take away the first two things you want to do offensively, and you have to beat them, right? They're not going to beat themselves. If you go back to two years ago, you and I wins the league with A.J. Green. They go 14-4 and four in conference. If you remember right, or if you remember back to that, they were four and seven to start the season. Yeah. So I don't think they have the same pop that they did with AJ Green. AJ Green doing pretty well for himself in the NBA, right? Not not something that's crazy to say they don't have the same pop without a guy like that. But this Ben Jacobson coach team, they're always going to be tough come come conference play. And this is a team nobody wants to see. And especially for whatever reason, Northern Iowa is so dangerous coming on the road and sneaking one away from you when you think you're going to defend your home court. Very, very interesting results this weekend. Adam Adam Emenecker, you can see him uh, all season long. What game or games do you have coming up this week, sir? Uh, let's see. So nothing during the week this week, but uh, I do get the pleasure to uh, travel down to Springfield for the weekend. So have Illinois State uh, at Missouri State next Saturday. So looking forward to uh, to heading south and a Missouri State team that's been a little up and down, but they have a lot of pieces coming off a win at Evansville. Curious to see how they fare at Indiana State midweek and then looking forward to seeing them against Illinois State in person. Yeah, Bears needed that badly Saturday. They get it done after dropping their last three, and they've got uh, Indiana State, Illinois State this week. We'll look forward to that call, Adam. And thanks so much for spending some time with us here on the Big 550. Really enjoyed it. Look forward to when we can visit again. Sounds good. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brendan. Adam, thank you so much. Right now, it's time to bring you our Prairie Farms Recovery Play of the Week. And we're going back to Northern Iowa once again. A big-time athletic play from Nate Heisey. Campbell. Lobs it. Nate Heisey running the deep pattern. Nate Heisey to the rim, and he'll stuff it home. 66-56, beat the press with a jam. That's our Missouri Valley Conference Recovery Play of the Week brought to you by Prairie Farms Dairy. Remember, there's no better athletic recovery drink than real chocolate milk. There's no better chocolate milk than farmer-owned and locally produced Prairie Farms. Coming up, it's our Arch Madness player profile, Tucker DeVries, from your Drake Bulldogs on the way next. All the way to the hoop, lace it up and in. The Valley. The Valley. The Valley. Of the Big 550 KTRS. Brought to you by State Farm. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps create an affordable price for you. And by Prairie Farms Companies, including Prairie Farms Dairy and Highland Dairy Foods. It's our Arch Madness Player Profile here on the Valley on the Big 550 KTRS. I'm Brendan Weesey, and it's a great pleasure to welcome onto the program the defending Larry Bird Player of the Year in the Missouri Valley Conference. And as I record this, I suspect we're going to hear he's the Valley Player of the Week from your Drake Bulldogs, Tucker DeVries. Tucker, it's uh, really a pleasure to have a chance to visit with you on the program. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for taking a few minutes. Uh, as I mentioned, I, I think, again, not official as we record this on Monday morning, but I, I'd be shocked if you're not the player of the week, averaging better than 31 per game, a couple of big wins last week. Tucker, tell me uh, where your game is at personally and uh, how you feel that your Drake team is uh, starting to perform right now. 
Yeah, it was a big week for us. Uh, two two big conference games, uh, home against Indiana State and going on the road at Southern. Uh, coming off a pretty tough one at Belmont, um, we kind of had to you know flip the page pretty quickly, and I thought our group did a, did a really good job of you know flipping the page and just worrying about the next game up, and uh, we're able to come away with two big victories. I think you you said it right there, Tucker. I I feel like a, the kind of game you guys did have at Belmont, um, a, a a team maybe not as experienced as your group might take a little while to bounce back. How were you guys able to bounce back from that at, at practice and have have a quick turnaround and, 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 again, put on the week that you did? That included a road win and a home win. Yeah, I think part of it's still 10 new guys this year and, and, and still you know figuring each other out, um, figuring out how to win, especially in conference. Um, I think as a group we responded really well. Uh, you know, having a couple of the older guys that have been through it, um, you know, and been successful in, in conference uh, pr- probably helped. Um, you know, just understanding that it's a long year and uh, that there's there's going to be days that you, you don't quite have it, but uh, th- those those games can't turn into two three game losses. And I, I thought our group responded and um, honestly probably played our best basketball this week, coming off uh, probably our worst performance of the year. You're you're one of those guys, obviously, Darnell Brody, one of those guys where you've got that that leadership. The uh, where maybe some of the younger guys look to you. Do you feel like you've taken on more of a a leadership role, even though you've been a guy that has been a top performer the minute you walked on the floor at the school? Do you feel like you've done things any any differently from that perspective? I mean, I think it, certainly as you, as you get older, the leadership aspect just kind of comes along with it. Um, but but for myself, I, I think it's just, you know, sticking with, you know, um, what's kind of got me here and just being myself and continue to work hard to, you know, maybe, maybe show the young guys, you know, what, what, it, what it means to work and um, try and help them become as successful as possible and uh, help bring them um, along and, you know, keep trying to win games and understanding that that's our main focus as a group. We, we talk about the, the two wins last week, Tucker, and, and you go to Southern Illinois and, and, and win in resounding fashion, 76-58. to 58. You have 34, and you look on you know the other side of the floor with Southern, and you've got a, a guy in Xavier Johnson who's been one of the top scorers in the country this season. Is that extra motivating for you to go up against a guy that's playing as well as Xavier is um, in a in a spot like that where it's obviously a, a big game, it's a conference road game, but here's somebody else that's uh, really performing at a high level. Um, I think I think the the magnitude of the game uh, definitely you know you know makes you 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 want to you know play play a little harder, a little a little more um, competitive. But um, obviously Xavier's had, had a tremendous year, and it, it's been really fun to watch him. Um, take that big jump he did from last year, and um, I, I think he he's really good. And we um, obviously had you know two guards that you know were able to you know stick with him for most of the night and made it really difficult for him. Um, but I think a, a, as a group uh, we kind of accepted the challenge to you know go on the road to a four and one Southern team and um, played a really good team. And I thought we executed really well and just stuck together and were able to come up with the win. Yeah, kept him under 20 points, scored 19 in the ballgame for Southern as, as you guys roll 
to that 18-point win. You you talk about a second ago, uh, Tucker, the the younger guys on your team. Uh, you know, Connor Enright's uh, been around for a little bit now, but a guy like you know Kevin Overton, who's I, I think has started since day one here a, as a freshman, has been real integral to your guys' team. Uh, you, you look at somebody like uh, like Aiton Wright, who comes over from Cal State Northridge, has been a, a great transfer for the ball club. How how have those guys, whether they're transfers or freshmen, how have they fit into your guys' starting lineup? Because you have been a, a real veteran-laden team over the years. How have those new pieces fit in? Yeah, I think they, they've done uh, fantastic. And, you know, we, we wouldn't be where we are right now without without those guys. Um, I, I think it. everybody knew they had big shoes to fill with how many um, seniors uh, we had leaving from last year's team. But um, they've accepted the challenge and, and they've, um, you know, fit in really well. Um, love the way that they've bought in and, and worked towards, you know, our, our goal of just trying to win as many games as possible. Um, you know, it, it can be hard, especially, you know, for some of those young guys when you, when you rely on freshmen as much as we do and they've they've embraced it. And I, I think they've they've been playing uh, fantastic for us and can't wait to see uh, how much better they're even going to get as they continue to keep growing. I should mention Colby Garland is a is another freshman that's really contributed to your guys' team, uh, playing around uh, 20, 22 minutes per game for this Drake Bulldog Ball Club. Uh, we're, we're pleased to visit with uh, Tucker DeVries right now from your uh, Drake Bulldogs coming off a, a big week, and obviously every week feels big in the Missouri Valley Conference. Tucker, what has your experience been like playing in this league now uh with the the success that you've had and the success that this drake program has been having a year in year out under your dad's leadership yeah i mean one thing you're gonna find out is it's ultra competitive uh night in and night out uh i feel like every year we say um the league lost a lot and then I, i feel like every year we come back and say the league's even better after the year so um, and that, that certainly feels like the case this year. Um, I, feel, I feel like we, we lost a lot um, throughout the league um, from last, last year's uh, groups. And th- this year I feel like we came in and the league's even better than it was last year, which is, um, you know, which is good. It, it, it's good for, you know, it, it's what you want. You want every game to be competitive, uh, fun, you know, going into uh, road games, you know, the crowds are getting bigger and bigger as the season goes on. And, um, it makes it fun. It makes uh, makes it what's college basketball so exciting. And you know, I'm really excited to see see where we can go um, for the rest of the year and um, continue to play a bunch of high level teams. What what did last year's March experience for you, Tucker, winning Arch Madness after the Larry Bird Trophy of of the Year uh, MVP in the league? Uh, what what did your March experience in the NCAA tournament teach you um and and maybe instill in you moving forward um having having gotten to the tournament but i I, i'm sure from your perspective knowing that uh, you probably really want to get back yeah obviously that that, that's the goal every year is to get back to the ncaa tournament Um, i think there's more motivation this year than ever um to get back and um be able to you know close out a game this year and um, you know, take that next step uh, for a program, you know, coming up just short um, against a good Miami team. But 
um, you know, look back on it, learn from it, and, you know, just kind of take it into this year as motivation and uh, kind of take it one step as, at a time. Does What does that make? I mean, obviously last year, a tremendous tournament, first time with, with 12 teams. Uh, here we go again in a, in a couple of months. How intense then does Arch Madness become? Because it there's – and there's certainly some hope. I think you guys might represent some of that as as maybe a, a maybe a season where the, the valley could get two teams into the dance. But if it's if it's just one and you're playing for that automatic bid, how intense do those games become? Knowing that your NCAA future, your tournament future, rides on on every play uh, that weekend at Enterprise Center. Yeah, I think that's what makes. Uh the conference tournament is so special. I feel like everybody's, you know, leaving it all out there, uh, you know, trying, trying to take that next step to the NCAA tournament. And, you know, I, I think our group throughout the years has, you know, stayed um, really composed because, I mean, it, it's an emotional three games. Uh, you know, I think everybody, you know, is doing everything they can to win. And, um, you know, I think just being resilient has um, kind of helped us be successful in, in those situations. Um but like, like you said, going to the 12 teams, it's uh, you know almost makes it more of a battle just to, to kind of get that first round by. Um, whereas in previous years, you you're just trying to stay out of that bottom four. Now you now you're really fighting for that top four to not have to play an extra game, which makes it um, the regular season even even more um, important. Tucker, I, I love to ask our guests, uh, uh, players that you've tried to emulate. Are, are there guys that you have patterned your game after over the years, watching them in the NBA or, or college or or maybe uh, up the road in, in your local games? Anybody that uh, Tucker DeVries has uh, tried to emulate? Uh, I, I try to just take, you know, bits and pieces of, you know, trying to learn things from a little bit of everybody or a little bit of everything I watch. Um, but growing up, I, I was obviously really close with um, the Mc, Doug McDermott at Creighton, you know, being able to watch yeah. him as my dad coached him was, was pretty special. And then um, just watching a bunch of, you know, big basketball guy that just loves to watch games and, um, you know, see something, try and work on it and try and take, take away a few things. Um, Love watching Jason Tatum and Luca in the NBA. Um, some guys that are just really fun to watch. Uh, you know, sometimes you, you see something on TV and you go try it, and it doesn't look uh, quite the way they do it. So then, then you just you know forget about it and <laughs> maybe don't don't try that one. Um, but but it, it's definitely you know cool to kind of see what other guys can do and then uh, go practice it and see see if you're able to pull it off or not. Tucker DeVries from your Drake Bulldogs coming off a big 34-point performance over to Southern Illinois, our Arch Madness player profile this week. Tucker, it's a great pleasure to visit here on the show. Thanks for taking the time with us. Best of luck here the rest of the year. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Enjoy the rest of the day. Tucker DeVries, folks, and a guy that we should not take for granted having a chance to watch in this league just in college basketball. Wow, what a player. Tucker DeVries, our Arch Madness player profile tonight, powered by Arch Madness, the 34th edition in St. Louis, celebrating 30 years at the Enterprise Center, March 7th through the 10th. Experience the madness. For more information, visit ArchMadness.com. More coming up, the Valley on the Big 550. Here's Cannell for three. Got it! The Valley 
on the Big 550 KTRS. Brought to you by State Farm. The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps create an affordable price for you. And by Prairie Farms Companies, including Prairie Farms Dairy and Highland Dairy Foods. All right, we continue. Here's the Valley on the Big 550 KTRS. It's our countdown to hoops in the heartland, and so pleased to welcome back to the show for the first time this season from ESPN. She covers both the men and the women in leagues from all over the country. She's one of the best. It's Debbie Antonelli. Debbie, thank you so much for spending a couple of minutes with us again in St. Louis. How are you? I'm doing great, and thank you for having me on. I'm, I'm so grateful to have a chance to talk some Valley Hoops. Yeah, we're excited to chat, Debbie. And I, I got to tell you, the the team that continues to jump out right in front of me each and every week and, and looking at the MVC on the women's side has got to be Murray State, right? They're 12-2, they're and two, and they're scoring at just an electric rate. They're averaging better than 92 per game. Well, Brendan, you know I love offense, and to see uh, what Caitlin Young is able to do and lead on the floor, I mean, she's a, a real old-school kind of post player, scores left or right, incredible footwork, has uh, great balance in her game, and uh, she's a top target on everybody's scouting report. So uh, I'm not surprised. It took them one year to get adjusted to the Valley because there was an adjustment coming from the Ohio Valley to the Missouri Valley. And they have made that adjustment, and uh, that right now they sit on top of the league and tied for first place. And, and it's funny, Debbie, one of the other teams now in their second year, their their encore season, if you will, since joining the conference is Belmont, and they're doing it a different way than Murray to where they're leading the conference in points per game defense, allowing less than 60 per game. They're 12-4 and four on the year. You know, I would say some similar things about Bart Brooks and his club at Belmont. It took them a year to adjust. Um, they had dominated their league. And uh, I, I think um, it speaks to how good the league is, the quality of coaching, the, the ability to, to in-game adjust. And, you know, Bart has always been a very offensive-driven coach, but this year he changed it up a little bit. and They're playing a little bit better defense than they've played. They're scheming a little bit better around their opponents. So with those two, you know, a couple of the, the newer teams in the conference, Debbie, how do you see the rest of the landscape here? Because there are a lot of teams right now at that 10-12 win mark. Uh, they're you know occupying the top of the conference. Where else do you think the strength lies? Well, first I'd say it's very misleading what UNI's record is at four and nine they had some early injuries they played a lot of power fives they typically play one of the tougher schedules in the league and you see now that they're healthy and we've gotten to league play they've won three in a row and they sit at three and one so you can't sleep on tanya warren's team that's for sure and then i would go uh, beth cunningham at missouri state you know they had won seven games before they had to go on the road and play at illinois state a team that won the league last year uh, i think that when you look at what murray state and belmont have done what Missouri State and UNI are doing right now, you can't discount Illinois State, but also don't be sleeping on Drake because Allison Pullman has done a terrific job of moving the ball, playing in space, knocking down triples, and playing with a certain cadence that's hard to defend all their options. This is a fun league to watch because most of the league can score at a very high rate. Yeah, they're certainly doing that. And we talk about Murray's ability to score. I also, yeah, I think, have to look at a team like like Drake, Debbie, because uh, Katie Dinebeer is your is your leading scorer right now at better than 19 per game. But here's Grace Berg, 
the fourth leading scorer in the conference at just under 17 per game for that Bulldog squad. Uh, how dangerous could they be with uh, with those top scorers uh, anchoring this uh, ball club right now? Well, Katie Denenbeer is not just a great point guard in the Valley. She's one of the better point guards in the entire country, and she runs that show very well at a very high level. You have to constantly make decisions at a fast rate of speed, and she's capable of doing that. Uh, I love the space that they play in. I love their mentality on the offensive end. I mean, they definitely see the game through an offensive lens. When you score, you can play whatever defense you want at any pace that you want, and, and they're very capable of doing that. Uh, I think and Grace Berg is another player versatile players can score inside out all of allison pullman's players face up handle make decisions with the basketball it's not just katie making all the decisions and i think that it really helps them play at such a high level and so efficiently and you talk about high level scoring i mean murray state does lead the league but then drake's right behind them so this is um this is a very offensive driven league Debbie Antonelli is uh, with us from ESPN as uh, she covers all of the world of college basketball and one of the best broadcasters out there in the sport. Uh, talking a little Valley women's hoops and unlike the men, Debbie, where they begin the conference season in November and December, give us a little taste. The women, they just started here a couple of weeks back. So do we look at the landscape of the schedule and feel you mentioned you and I a second ago do we feel like some of these teams that have yet to really show something that there's still plenty of time to to make a run as we're you know so much in the uh, in the early going of this conference season yeah I, I'm I'm looking at the big weekend that you and I has uh, where they got to play um, the top teams in the league on the road on uh, Friday you know, they're going to be able to play at home against Murray State, and Tanya Warren's defense is going to have to keep Murray State uh, around 75 and hope that they can manufacture enough offense to stay with them because they're not, they're not going to score 90 with them. And then on Sunday, UNI is hosting Belmont. So I think it's a pivotal weekend in the Valley for the top of the league for those three teams to be battling. And the one team that I, I always have a lot of faith in because I think Kristen Gillespie is one of the top coaches in the country is Illinois State. They have an incredible tradition of winning there. They won last year at a highest level. They're very athletic, and she's a very good in-game adjuster, which always keeps them in games. It's very hard to blow out a coach or blow out a team when you can change the rhythm of the game with your offense and with your defense, and I think Coach Gillespie has a great handle on that. So uh, those are the teams that I'm keeping my eye on right now uh, all of those are postseason-capable uh, teams. It's just a matter of how many will get into the NCAA. I think there's a potential for maybe two, uh, but definitely the winner of the, the league and then the, the postseason uh, new, newly formed WBIT on the uh, women's side, which is comparable to the men's NIT. Well, Debbie, you've got uh, a call on the men's side uh, at Clemson tomorrow. We'll look. Uh, we'll look for that game and and look forward to uh, your analysis uh, on the women's side and in the Missouri Valley Conference. Thanks so much for spending a couple of minutes with us here tonight in St. Louis. So great to be with you. Thank you, and I uh, can't wait to see how the weekend plays out inside the valley. Debbie, thank you so much. Always such a pleasure. That's our countdown to hoops in the heartland on the other side of the break. We're wrapping up the show. Another Valley on the Big 550. Folks, we're out of time. Another great edition of the Valley on the Big 550. Thanks to Adam Emenecker, Tucker DeVries, and Debbie Antonelli. Brendan Weesey saying so long for now on the Big 550. 
The Valley on the Big 550 KTRS has been brought to you by Steve Farm, a proud partner of the Missouri Valley Conference. Have questions about your insurance? State Farm is there for your what-ifs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com to get a quote today.